Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What up, what up, listeners, and welcome to Rice, Asian comedy podcast, sharing the Asian perspective on entertainment, culture, and trending topics. On today's episode, we will continue our month-long discussion on Asian Heritage Month and also dive into the main topic of the day, which is the future of stand-up comedy in a post-COVID-19 world. Today, I'm very excited to have our guest. We have Jennifer Shang. Say hello. Hi, everyone. We've also got Leonard Chan returning. Hello. And all the way from Ottawa, we've got Michaela Chung. Hey, everyone. Okay, great. Um, thank you for being a part of this podcast. Um, so as a part of Asian Heritage Month, we've been talking to our listeners, telling them about our heritage and how it's played a part in our life so far. So let's head on over to Jennifer Chung. Hi, everyone. Okay, so I am ethnically Chinese. I'm parents. No, I'm parents. Gosh, I, <laughs> uh, am I still high? No, <laughs> I, no, I am a parent and it is Mother's Day. But my parents, I was going to say, I, I am the child of parents who are Chinese, Taiwanese. Okay, they would say Taiwanese immigrants, but you know, the IOC and United Nations would just say China. Um, they did come from. <laughs> they did immigrate from Taiwan, though, and uh, they met in Toronto. My dad is 15 years older than my mom, but looking at that, you would never know because he dances. Um, anyway, it's failed marriage. Um, I am the eldest of three siblings. I grew up in Toronto, uh, but I guess it was in 2005. I went to Beijing, China, not Beijing, Pennsylvania, in case you guys are confused about your geography. Um, and I went there in hopes of becoming a, I guess, television broadcaster journalist for CCTV, China Central Television, not closed circuit television, uh, to try to see if I get a job to cover the 2008 Beijing Olympics. And I did. So I stayed, ended up staying there for 12 long years, got married, popped out three kids, and I am now back in Toronto. And so I'm living the life. Uh, I will say, being Asian right now and with the COVID thing, obviously not popular. I just feel like it, it's such a shame that COVID-19 has taken away like all the great things that crazy rich Asians did to help elevate 
Asians <laughs> to the mainstream and make us like likable and cool. And all of a sudden, well, everybody's like, "Yo, Asian stuff is sick," and now everybody's like, "Yo, Asians are like, sick." Fuck <laughs> it. They may be rich, but they eat bats. <laughs> like, like <laughs> so that's where I am, and it's. I will say it's frustrating as I guess a comic because I started doing comedy in Beijing, um, and it took me a while to get somewhat established there to the point where I was doing shows regularly. And coming to Toronto, it was like you know I was an Uber driver, like a lot of Uber drivers or taxi drivers coming from different countries. I felt like I had to start all over again. And now with COVID, I think that、mm. that is almost inevitable in a way. Like it feels like it's going to be a while. So. There you have it. Being Chinese in a COVID world. Okay, on that super depressing <laughs> note, let's、uh, head on over to Leonard. <laughs> well, I, I, we'll unpack I, more of that later, Jennifer.、Uh, you might not, the mic not pick it up, but I'm slitting my wrists. So, <laughs>、uh, just you guys. You're just, so skinny. You know, it's a visual. Yeah, I know. I know. This is a visual. Yeah, man, it's、uh, it's tough. Like I'm okay. So just so my background, I am mostly Chinese. I took a DNA test just for funsies.、Uh, turns out I'm also 17.5% Vietnamese, which is too much.、Um, too much. I didn't ask for it. It was <laughs> it's a 23 and me too moment. Anyways,、uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's、uh, it's definitely going to be harder. I think.、Uh, it, I mean, it always was a little bit harder being. Asian and comedian. At least it was at the beginning. Like now,、uh, it's gotten a little bit better because people want diversity. But yeah, man, it's、uh, my Muslim friend said that now you know this is our this is your nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I kind of felt like we already knew from、uh, from SARS. It's just sort of we know again for new gen- the sequel.、Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, but I will say, just sorry to interject quickly as advice to do <laughs> <laughs> to make it natural, guys.、Uh, I will say,、so、real natural, Jen. <laughs> real natural, right? Good job. Good job. I don't. I I kind of don't know if people are attacking like Chinese people because of COVID, like because they really think. Chinese people in Toronto or America started COVID, or because they're just still kind of pissed at us about the whole housing market situation. Like, <laughs> oh, in Vancouver for sure. Passive aggressive, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing.、Sure. Racism. There's always racism against Asians. It used to just be more fun racism, like, "Oh, you have small dicks, please build us a railroad." But like now, there's fear, right? And yes. There's yes. add fear to the racism, then it's a whole different、yes. scenario, right? Like, I. It's not like I. I want people to be afraid of Asians, but I want them to be afraid for the right reasons, like. No, it's、fear. respect. It's not even fear. It's a certain level of acknowledgement. No, I、respect. want them to be afraid of us, Jennifer. I want, I want them to be afraid of us because they're worried we're going to raise interest rates. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I think they're afraid, but then comes the animosity. Well, that's yeah because yeah. of the fear. That's how right. Oh yeah, pretty、right. much. Like I um. I、uh, so I, I've started putting stuff back on YouTube again for like the first time in ten years, and it just kind of reminded me that YouTube is. You know, people say Twitter is toxic, but YouTube. No, YouTube. Oh my goodness!、Oh, I can put. I can put anything online, like a review of a Netflix movie, and then it, literally the comments are like, "Fire Celine Tam, go back to China," and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, oh that's not what the movie was about." But、uh, sure, <laughs> okay, yeah.、Um, how let's、uh, let's give a chance for Michaela to jump in. How's、uh, how how is it like growing up Asian, and what kind of Asian are you? 
Okay, so I'm, uh, I don't know if I'm the first person on here who's been mixed race. I'm not fully Asian. I'm half Chinese. My dad's from Hong Kong. Uh, and he, so he moved here for university. So um, yeah, I like my experience of being Asian is different, I guess, because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not white passing. I'm like Latina passing. <laughs> I can see that. I can totally see that. Yes. The, the, the part of the Chinese, Chinese part of you built the wall, but you look like the person it was built to keep out. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of putting that. I'm going to write that down for myself. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, but I still had the experience of, you know, the, the Chinese dinners and having the Chinese grandparents who were, we're talking about this before the show, who are like, every time I see them, oh, oh, you gained weight, oh, your skin, your skin, like, it just, so I've had that, the experience of having, like, the Asian side of my family, but then I also, of course, have the white side of my family, mm. and um, we didn't live with my father growing up, so yes, it was very different experience, and um People don't know I'm Asian even when they know my last name, Chung. Mm. I'm like, what did you think? Like, what, where do you think the name Chung came from? But from they the just song Wang Chung, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> from the song Wang Chung. You know that song? I'm oh. old. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to, to yeah, be speaking of which, Jennifer looks, well, we all look young, but Jennifer looks so young. And then she's like, she's lived three lives. I'm like, oh, is Jennifer 80? Like, she's. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Botox, baby. The Botox. <laughs> it's the Asians don't raisin. <laughs> okay, so um, going on to our main topic of the day, which is you know how COVID nineteen has affected our lives as stand up comedians, and sort of what the future of comedy might look like after COVID nineteen um, or moving forward. Now, let, let me throw this first to Michaela Chung because we met because um, you had first invited me to do your Instagram Live, and that was actually my very first time doing Instagram Live. Um, so I just sort of wanted to throw this out to, to you at first about, you know, the different forms of comedy, how you're sort of reaching out and using uh, new mediums to reach your audience. Yes, yes, that was fun having you on my Instagram Live, which Instagram Lives, I think, are the most brutal of the lives. <laughs> I have to say yeah. Tiny screens, people are jumping on and off, people are just going wild in the comments, saying whatever they want, like, <laughs> or there's just like, not enough people. So yes, and I've also done some zoom ones, like some more organized, civilized zoom comedy shows. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been interesting, because before I before I did started my live show, I wanted to see what it was like. So I uh, jumped on some random Eventbrite Zoom comedy shows. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. And they were pretty much like open mics, but on Zoom. So it was, <laughs> it was pretty was... I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is How sad. How do you sign up for that? Oh, I guess through the organizer, but like usually at open mics, you're like fighting to be like the first one on the list. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a... like, the fastest fingers in the internet. So. So, so sort of yeah, jump- these people were actually chosen. Which- <laughs> oh, okay. So, so jumping on that, Jennifer, you are probably the most prolific live performer in no, Toronto. Better. No, it's, it's as far as uh, days. You do way more shows than I do. No question. Yeah, you make way more money doing way less shows. <laughs> yeah, because. 
that's I'm more efficient and yes. smarter. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so how 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 has it changed for you, Jennifer? Of of doing so many shows in person yeah. to now going online. Like, what are the positives, minuses? What have you found different from doing these um, live shows to going online? I haven't done too many live shows. I did like an Instagram live one, which was to help raise money for like the uh, CACS mm. fund for comedians. And I think we managed to raise like $15,000 or something. Oh, cask. wow. Yeah, a cask. It was yeah, I get it right. It's the Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comedians. <laughs> okay, I've been drinking, so acronyms like math are not my thing right now. <laughs> it took me a few seconds to be like, what's CA Air Canada? What? Which one? <laughs> lost for a hot minute. Because this is I want why to I make more money than you, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't flaunt your independence, Leonard. We both married white people, and you are the one making money. Fuck! <laughs> I'm not allowed to swear. Sorry, Bong. You can cut that out. No, um, no. This is uh, this podcast is labeled explicit. Oh, <laughs> so nice. You can swear all you want. This is not like our uh, CBC taping. That's perfect. I will definitely talk about my vagina uh, later. You definitely um, didn't do that on your CBC taping. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I know vagina jokes are so hacky. Uh, but you know, they're okay. I'm just, gonna, I love vagina jokes. That's great. But I just think that it's the one area in comedy where there is gender equality because they're considered just as hacky as dick jokes. And I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> it's the source of life. You know what I mean? And you're going to like, oh, your vagina, new, it's like a dick, man. It's like a dick. It's like, fuck off. No, it's a beautiful flower. It created you. All right. <laughs> Um, what's different from before Vong? I'll tell you what's different. I'm drinking again a lot. Okay. I wasn't drinking for like two months, you know, in, into the new year, because that was my resolution to not drink and do comedy. So now I'm drinking way more than I'm going to do comedy shows. Um, probably not a great time to admit that I'm become an alcoholic Xanax edible taker, but I'm still a great mom. I'm homeschooling. So that helps. Are, you sure about that? Are you sure? <laughs> How do you know? I'm, I'm making videos. It's my turn to be a YouTube star. Everything's looking great, Dolores. Okay. <laughs> no resolutions count anymore. Like nobody's following through and oh, we yeah. all have good reason. No, yeah. it, it's really, um, no, to get back to your original question, I'm just going to, say two points that I actually wrote down live comedy shows. Okay. This, this right here is not a live comedy show, but the ones I've been on, some of them really just feel like group therapy that I'm doing online. <laughs> I see the bunch of heads and everyone's just like laughing on their mute. Um, I just, I'm really wondering, wondering if there are any like hardcore old school comics out there, maybe Leonard, you know, this or not that are like refusing to do any online shows yes. right now. Even yeah, there's, given, plenty. There's, there's plenty, right? Because they're probably having them, like but, a friend right? chef that doesn't want to be like a, a, a line chef at like McDonald's. They're like, no, this is like a bastardization of the art, which I think we should talk about. Yeah, no, I get it. Look, it's not the same. It's not as good. It's not like lot when you're in front of somebody, you know, like it's, it's obviously different. There's like an intimacy, there's an unpredictability. That's why people come. That's why live 
comedy live performance has been a thing for centuries, right? Mm -hmm. Which is also, by the way, why I'm not worried that it's not going to come back, but it's going to look different, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're online, you lose that intimacy, you lose that unpredictability. Uh, it's not the same. So, but that's because we're trying to shoehorn the art as we know it into mm -hmm. this medium. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You have to evolve, you have to learn what's, what stuff works, what stuff doesn't work. You have to figure out how do we evolve this art to fit this new medium? And especially in a medium where attention spans are like notoriously low, all right? Like, yeah. here's the thing, like on the internet, like you have to keep above the audience above like a certain level of entertainment, okay? And if you dip yeah. below that level for like 10 to 15 seconds, you're fucked. Right. And especially online, like they can just press a button. They're gone. That'd be like if you're sitting in a club and people teleport away. <laughs> like I can't shame people as they walk out. And that's the fun. Right. Like, I think it also depends like how you view your show and the purpose of your show. Because when I started doing like my Instagram lives, the purpose was to just keep on um, creating and testing out jokes yeah. and just staying in the zone, you know? And then also I would like use jokes that I tried out on my live and then make videos from them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but if I started to see the live as the thing, it just got sad. <laughs> yeah, know? I 100% I agree. I think it's like, uh. you have to think about why you're doing it. So, I mean, right now I'm doing it just to stay somewhat sharp <laughs> um, because I know like right now, the only thing I have booked uh, for this year, for the rest of the year, is a, a comedy festival that's going to be televised. So that might be my first set back live, like in months, and it'll be on TV, which is not ideal. Like if I do nothing between yeah. them. <laughs> so I kind of, I'm trying to stay sharp, but also like I'm trying to figure out how, how to make comedy work online, you know? Because if we can do that, when live comedy comes back, it's not like that's going to be bad knowing how to do that. Like that's always going to be a nice thing to have in our back pocket because I can't perform to people in Ger not you know Germany. I don't know why I said Germany, but like, <laughs> let's just say Germany. All right. Because those Germans, they have a huge sense of humor. And I feel <laughs> like, uh, like if I wanted to do more international stuff without having to leave my basement, right? if I could figure out how to do an online show that actually works as opposed mm -hmm. to like this me face camera find a different way like add visuals add music up the production quality somehow do angles i don't know add a laugh track who knows just i'm trying to figure it out mm. if i can do that and it's something that people like it's it's going to have value pandemic or not so it's i think it's worth it to try because like i feel like the guys who are like oh i'm not i'm just going to wait for live stand to come back i don't care like if they can afford to do it fantastic yeah. right right and I, I do believe live comedy is going to come back, but I, it's going to be the last thing to come back. Mm -hmm. And like, it could be anywhere between, like, I think a year minimum. Yeah. And it be, could be up to like three to five years. Oh my gosh. A year? Oh, yeah. Like, five years, I don't know think about that. Yeah. Like, like honestly, I'm, I'm, I've been planning, you know, so, um, so, um, um, Michaela and her listeners might not know this, but, um, uh, Jennifer Leonard and I recorded a, uh, show at the CBC Glenn Gould studio in January for Chinese New Year and it was like an ensemble concert show and so um, speaking of like how long it's going to take for live comedy to come back like I, I've, I've been planning my own solo show where it's just me for like 75 minutes and that's for next June and I'm already starting to question it because I was like 
are there going to be like 700 Asians who want to be in a room together by next June? I don't really know. And that's a lot of money to invest to have nobody show up. So it's a sort of, it really has changed everything. And, you know, like my entire plan, well, not my entire plan, but probably about half of my financial plan, because I'm, I'm a full-time comedian, half of my financial plan was from as being a comedy producer. Like I produce, you know, between two and five shows a month. And the ticket sales from that comprise about half of my comedy income. And, um, you know, the, the rest are, are, are more um, residual ancillary kind of stuff. But still, 50% is a lot. And that's not coming back anytime soon. So, you know, um, Leonard touched a bit on about YouTube and like the future of comedy and different things. And I just want to want to throw back to Jennifer because you've you've done a, a really great job using your your editing skills um, and just your your great personality to put together the, these YouTube videos um, that I've seen on Facebook as well. Um, how, how has that been going for you? Um, how's What's the uh, engagement? Well, what you're not seeing, Vong, are <laughs> the number of hate comments I've on a music video that got great likes on Facebook because it was my own liberal diverse circle in Toronto of comedians and family and friends. But like we were talking about earlier, the YouTube, I guess, algorithm or the number of people searching COVID-19 parody parody videos are white supremacist men <laughs> in the United States that are offended that I mentioned Trump calling it the Chinese virus and creating Asian <laughs> that I had to dye my hair blonde, which is now gray. And so they're like, oh my gosh, like this one, you know, it's almost like an STD. One guy with <laughs> 6,000 followers on his fake radio channel, Daywave Radio, sends his little minions over to class. <laughs> literally 20 comments all with the same kind of language cringe ew your vagina was on that stripper pole and now your kids have herpes <laughs> one comment was don't be surprised if your son shoots up a school and oh, ashamed oh, your poor emasculated husband it was just i had two i had to do two group therapy sessions just <laughs> be like uh -huh. but so youtube i've learned the it comments. why are you reading comments like that's the dumbest thing to do on youtube like i, I don't know i'm masochistic i don't know and especially well, you, you have to read them to delete them exactly you yeah did. i guess so yeah. i just well. didn't i just don't look at them at all but like here's the th like like i mentioned the thing about trump ages ago on a video and i was getting hate mail like people were yeah. actually Yes. Me, flipping into my DMs, finding me on Facebook, finding my website, emailing me, all sorts of shit. And I'm just like, I made yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I miss that so much. When was this? Because I've never, like, I haven't done any Trump stuff, but I haven't gotten this kind of malicious stuff. Really? Oh. No, this was literally like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And I changed the algorithm to the video to make it get more like views. And that's when it started happening is when more mm -hmm. people view. But, you know, you can see the statistics and it was like mostly men from the United States. Oh, yeah. You, you, YouTube is awful. I, actually, if, if there's one thing I would say that YouTube helped me, because I, I, I first started on YouTube about like 10 years ago when I first started comedy. And, you know, of course, I'm very openly gay and Asian mm -hmm. um, on, on my clips. And so literally from the time I was in my, in my mid, like early to mid 20s, like it, it really actually helped me um, grow a thicker skin because I would post... Yeah 
anything like something about you know the pride parade and then they would uh comment you know 10 different ways that i should kill myself <laughs> and i was like holy shit i'm like 20 years old this is like really hardcore and it really did honestly even more than getting heckled on the road like the youtube stuff really yeah. really helped me grow up i was like holy shit there's crazy people and I this have, is all I actually future. have an, an online business um for introverts and so I've been, I've had that for seven years and like I had a presence already online. So I had already done like YouTube videos and, and social media stuff for introverts for years and years. Mm. And so I had that exposure to people writing rude comments, but on the whole, like I've been very lucky um, because a lot of it was on my website and then it's like your people, right. And my email list. But I did notice like YouTube was the worst. Mm -hmm. Like that was the place where I'd have to be like, Ugh. like I put the worst video was I posted one on why am I still single? Uh -oh. and that one got <laughs> you, know that you don't want answers to what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, people wrote some mean comments on that one. <laughs> <laughs> this kid oh, like, I imagine is like a 14 year old in his mom's basement was like because you're an old bitch <laughs> i realized he's like a kid right yeah yeah you know and a lot of these negative commenters have zero subscribers you know it could be like a suburban housewife who's yeah. jealous you never know like, or russian bots they could just be russian bots that go i'm pretty sure honestly half my comments are not real people yeah, but this is the medium that we have to now conquer. How about that? Going back, <laughs> conquer. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I feel like in some ways I'm I'm lucky because I, I've been doing stand up comedy for 15 years, but I've never actually uh, marketed myself as a stand up comedian. My tagline was always official spokesperson for gay super cute agents. So I was always kind of multimedia. I you know I've I've tried to translate what you know my worldview into more than just stand-up comedy you know i've done like books worked with artists um for like cartoonists and things like that so this is sort of just you know it, it's kind of funny because i'm usually quite the pessimist but if there's one thing i learned from the business world it's that when there's disruption there's room for new um, stars to emerge and just like every single time there's been a new social media platform to launch you get new stars along with it and I feel like if I was an older established comedian um, I might I might be worried but like for for us for our generation you know a lot of us are still um, you know fair, fairly young for, for stand-up comedy under 40 is 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 pretty young um, and I, I do realize Leonard it's just over 40 but you know we're we, we are still the the new generation i do feel like there's an opportunity here if we can kind of quote unquote crack that code there is an opportunity for a wide international audience that um you know is completely different from my original yeah. plan which was to like dominate toronto and then mm -hmm. go market to market and this sort of flipped it upside down but Maybe it needed to be flipped upside down. Any, any no, thoughts on um, that? And totally for a lot of Canadians that have always dreamed of performing in the United States, but because of visa issues, I think looking at the positives, this is an opportunity where, you know, it's still kind of in that weird uh, amoeba developmental stage where we don't know what is happening. But I think as it takes more permanence, like the online shows, like, you know, I just saw that um, Ron Jossel and Keith Pedro are doing that crazy woke Asians festival in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no stopping. I'm doing a show next Tuesday for um, 
I think he's a Vietnamese guy. Uh, his name is Dat, D-A-T. I don't know. Dat Fan? Yes. And he's doing like, like the guy who won last comic stand. Yes. Yes. That guy. That guy. Like and he's trying, he's, he just sent out a, a message saying that like their last show drew over like 2000 people. Wow. Mm. That shows oh, you. That's a great hotel. Yeah. Of what yeah. you can do. Like. Yeah. I'm doing corporates in America now. Pardon? I'm doing corporate virtual, like virtual corporate comedy shows. And <laughs> that probably pay you very well. Yeah. They, they're pretty good for me just so, going in my basement. <laughs> amazing. Uh, I yeah. Maria Bamford's. Um, have you guys heard? She's been doing like weekly or even yeah. more than weekly. Zoom. Help me help you help help me help you to help me. I think is the name of the show. Mm -hmm. Maria Bamford is made for this pandemic, man. Like uh -huh. she always like attack. Like and this is the thing. Like she can do things that just kind of like when none of this was an issue. Like she was doing all these things. People are like, well, that's weird. Like she's doing a stand-up special to just her parents or she's doing like all these things. And now it's just like, yeah, this is the new norm. Like we are all where she's at has been for a decade. And, but none <laughs> of us are her, right? Like she can do all sorts of things that- Yeah, can't her do voices just and everything. Maria fucking Bamford, but that's how we have to innovate. That's the thing. Like we have to look beyond everything that's been done and try to come up with something that's never been done in order to, you know, try something different, do something new. Now is the time to experiment. And like, and here's yeah. the thing, here's the nice thing. If you fail, nobody will see it. <laughs> that is <laughs> that's true. What failure means. So that's fine. Um, but I, you know, I think like it's, you know, for me, I'm, I'm like looking at collaborations. I'm like taking inventory of all the people I know, all the skills they have and looking to put together shows that, like I would love to put on a sh like we're, I'm right now I'm working with a circus performer to to create a piece where you know like we do like a synchronized dance she's a projection on the wall and like we do a synchronized thing while I do a monologue and it tells a story so there's a visual and there's music and I still bring the comedy and the narrative into it and I think it's wow. the stuff like that you got to do to keep people interested yeah. like it's the attention span thing all over like it's always yeah. going to come down to how do you hold attention. And if you're just doing stand-up comedy where it's just like a face, you have to be either so good at it, which I'm not, uh, like your jokes have to be so on point and you have to have like a joke every 10 seconds that's bonkers good. Yeah. Or do a narrative, like a story, like storytelling. So then you have like a story to keep audiences they're, engaged. Yeah, invested, yeah. Or you add all these other bells and whistles, like a circus performer. <laughs> Yeah, you should do that. You should totally do that with like a mime costume. <laughs> that's what that's how I was picturing it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of interesting with different formats because I've I've only really jumped on. I've done like two virtual performances, and you know I I get people using Zoom because it's sort of um, the, the easiest thing. I kind of find um, I've been trying to push it more closer to like broadcast TV, like live broadcast TV, like, you know, the view or the social or that's sort of the idea. Obviously I'm not doing that right now. Right now all my podcasts and materials are, are pre-recorded and then uploaded later. But the eventual idea is right now I'm learning like um, some broadcast software, trying to get the interaction through that way. Cause I kind of feel like I don't really want all these heads um, sort of on my, on, on my screen watching. Like for me, I want it to me, I'd rather just have it more closer to um, to traditional broadcasts where I'm. It's clear the people who are broadcasting out, and then you can interact with us through the chat or things like that. But um, 
you know, I don't want it to feel like a group chat. I want it to feel like, you know, here's the professionals and, and, and here's the audience. And, and one thing that I, 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 you know, one opportunity, because we've talked about like the differences with audiences as far as geographically where they're located. But I kind of feel like there's a real opportunity to bring in audiences who would never go to live stand up for other reasons, even if they were in your city, because, you know, they're afraid of sitting in the front row and getting teased. They're afraid, you know that the material is going to be, you know, racist or, or, or things like that. So sort of, I do feel like even beyond geography, there's probably more of an audience to tap into as opposed to seeing online as like the sad version of what, what we could have done. Um, so how offline. do you market a comedy show to pussies? <laughs> <laughs> online, actually, uh, that's where they are. <laughs> well, Leonard is, is the owner of uh, th 13 cats. You could probably uh, tell us more than most. That's true. I, I, do, uh, I am quite familiar with pussy the pussy. cats. <laughs> cats. It's cats. I know nothing about the other thing. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the interesting thing is. Um, so yes, it's people that wouldn't normally, some people that wouldn't normally go to a comedy show, but also some people that you like don't want at your show, you know, <laughs> your, your ex, your Facebook stalker, you know, <laughs> that aspect where they can hide, but you kind of know they're there and it's a bit, un I find that a bit uncomfortable. Anyone else? <laughs> yeah, like that? yeah you can do, true. You can like somewhat control guest lists if you. Like on Zoom, you can have a guest list. People have to sign up and then you don't necessarily have to give them an invite. I mean, obviously you're not gonna be able to control like burner emails and whatever, but if they're gonna get into that trouble. They can, whatever, let them. But like, I think um, like back to what Vaughn was saying, like doing uh, just like those, like right now, like I've been watching a lot of different shows just to try to get a sense of what's working and what's not. So like uh, the one thing I've learned is, you know, again, targeting like niche is king like targeting like very specific groups mm. um, with comedy, uh, not, uh, uh, but like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <That's a lot. laughs> uh, but like doing like Nisha's King. And then also uh, like if you're like having the interaction is actually really useful. Like, so doing a small Zoom show, like a corporate, like right now, actually those are the best shows I've been doing so far because mm. well, A, those people aren't allowed to leave, which is amazing. Uh, but like they tend to be smaller, <laughs> so I can actually interact a little bit and they all know each other. Right. So then that's a whole different vibe. And then, uh, so then if you bring it out into the real world, uh, like improv is actually working pretty well. Mm. Like before, like watching improv live, like sometimes it'd be good, but a lot of times I wanted to kill myself. Uh, <laughs> and now it's completely reversed. Like I go online, watch stand up, I'm like, oh, I want to kill myself. Like <laughs> This is horrible. Uh, but improv works because you only have to, you get to play off the improviser, right? Which is why, Vong, your idea of like doing sort of a panel show, a talk show, that totally works. Like Sandra Badalini is doing a show. Uh, Mike Carosa has kind of like a talk show format. Uh, and those work way better, in my opinion, than um, just a stand-up show where you have to rely on the audience. Unless, but if you want to do, if you want to do a show where you're relying on the audience, then you have to look at technical stuff. Like you have to, like if you're using Zoom, you got to lower the volume on them so that mm. you can still hear the laughter and get that feedback, but it doesn't overpower your own audio mm. uh, or mute like a whole bunch of people, but unmute a few select participants. Like there's a whole bunch of different tricks that I'm figuring out. But again, like this is, it's the wild west right now. Like we're still 
Yeah. I've been on shows where we've done different things, um, like, you know, the Zoom shows where we've muted everyone or mm -hmm. where we've just kept the comics with their mics on. Yeah, that one works. Like, Yas Queen does yeah. that. That's yes, great. I feel that works the best, except if you have, like, someone who has background noise or... Yeah, just... then you have to mute them. But, yeah, the I think... The screens, the screens going back and forth, that's the problem. Yeah, but what you can do is, uh, if you're a host, you can open a show on Zoom as a webinar, and then you can pin the comedian so that uh, everybody else's in speaker view can only see that uh, screen. Mm -hmm. And then, but the comedian, uh, they can be in gallery view, they can see everybody. Ah. So you have to buy the webinar upgrade then? I believe, for that. yeah. But if you're gonna be, I mean, if you're gonna be doing these shows, I feel like you just gotta commit. <laughs> you gotta put a little bit of money into just like, yeah. make them work as best as you can. Because it's already it's already bad to, to like ho hobble yourself from the beginning if you just don't pay whatever it is to like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know. no, I've already tried out. You know, I've I've been paying for like or doing like the one month trial and basically almost everything. I I started out. Our first shows were on Whereby. Then I tried Zoom. Next, I'm gonna try OBS and 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 Skype um, as a combination. I'm just sort of going through all these different platforms to see which one is kind of the closest to what I'm looking for and yeah. what formats. Because right now, honestly, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's quite the, it's, it's quite the transition. Like, yeah. like definitely. Look at um, StreamYard, Vong. I think that's going to do what you need to do. StreamYard or Wirecaster, those two things. I think if you want to do like a live panel show, with, like I, knowing you, you're going to want good production value. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that's, that can actually, it'll let you do like overlays and put animations in, like animated overlays so things will mm. pop in. Like it'll look like, like they, I think people use Wirecaster for, um, they can do like live online sports broadcasts. So they can do instant mm. replays, all sorts of great, like draw stuff on the, it's, wow. it's robust. So I think it's something that you could, um, that you could look into. Yeah, no, I've, I've, um, yeah, I, I definitely looked at, uh, yeah, th th thanks for that, that suggestion. I think when we spoke last, I've definitely looked into it and it's, it's definitely one, one of the options for sure. It looks so, so robust. It, it looks pretty, pretty amazing for sure. Um, now speaking on the, um, we've touched upon it on like the financial impact and the financial side. Um, and I'll go, I'll go to, to Leonard first, cause he's talked about, you know, the, the corporate gigs and, you know, he's. He's been a full-time comedian for, for a while now. Sort of what's, what's the impact of losing these live shows? And can, you know, as we all try and figure out this new world, is it happening fast enough that you're not going to go homeless? I'll be okay. Like, I'm lucky because I had a different job for 20 years and mm -hmm. I saved a lot of money. So I'm going to be okay. Um, but I'm definitely going to be spending more money than I'm making for the first time in a bit. Uh, and then, yeah, like it's like, I've lost all my gigs. Like 90% of my, my, my money was from stand-up live comedy, mm. all gone. So I, so that's why I'm trying to pivot. Like I have these corporates, but they're not, like I'm still, I still need CERB. <laughs> like, and these corporates aren't gonna get me like to the point where I can't apply for CERB if that gives you an indication of what that's making me. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess, you know, this is, I have to pivot and try to figure out different ways. Like I had 
like I'm going to do more technical writing. Like I'm trying to get into uh, more television writing, but that's all on all that production's on hold too. Like I was supposed to be staffed in the writers' room right now, mm. but because I don't even have a contract because we don't even know when production's going to start up again, right? So it's like it's all very uncertain. But because I'm in the very fortunate position of not having to worry about starving, and I think with Serb, I think that I just with. Serve, I think I, I would have been pretty much okay, close to okay anyway. So, I mean, props to the Canadian government for like helping, mm-hmm. uh, like, because quite honestly, like, it's a lifesaver for so many people. And, uh, but yeah, it's dire. It's quite, quite dire. So, I don't know how else to put that. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I'm, I'm definitely in, in the same boat as you. Without, without Serb, like, um, for our international listeners, that's the Canadian Emergency Relief Response, Relief yeah, Response, Response Benefit, or something. Yeah, Response Benefit. There you go. Um, yeah, it's if 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 that wasn't there, and the fact that they made it so easy really really helped. It. Oh yeah. It uh, yeah. yeah. I honestly For Americans, this is what Andrew Yang wanted. <laughs> <laughs> this is UBI. This is the UBI that. Everybody uh, was Andrew Yang is hoping for. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm definitely really happy that I live in Canada, where um, people take take care of each other, <laughs> take care of each other. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I I, I I will say I'm like like similar to Leonard. I, I am luckier than than most um, with my with my with my previous work, and um, you know, when when I had left my my full time job, I had kind of assumed that the first two years of being a full-time stand-up would be taking a loss. Um, I didn't expect a worldwide <laughs> pandemic. Um, but, you know, I you know I am spending, obviously, more than I'm bringing in at the moment, but I had already kind of planned that, which is kind of an, an, an odd thing to, to say. So I'm a bit better off than than, than most comedians, for, for sure. And I do feel bad for those really old-school comedians who are being really, um, really stubborn about doing online stuff. But I can also see what they're saying of like, you know, most of the online stuff is still not paid. So for them, what's what's the point of going on these Zooms just to not get paid? That's true. But like, I also want to say, Vuong, like, I guess for, you know, a person who's been a stand-up comic for 20, 30 years, like going online is just like a mild form of an open mic where they're testing out jokes on people like the performance aspect of it, the Mm. live aspect. I don't think we understand like how specific that is to the craft of stand-up comedy Mm -hmm. and that immediate reaction and laughter. So you take that away. And honestly, it feels like esports. It's like, what? I've been a football player all my life. I'm Lionel Messi. (laughs) And now I'm going to go sit in a room with other people and work my fingers on a controller. Like, I think that might be a far-fetched kind of comparison, but that might be the feeling. Like it's a completely different, this isn't stand-up comedy, like jokes, we're doing jokes, but you know, what if I'm a person like like me, I do a lot of act, act outs. I feel like a fucking idiot if I started doing an act out in front of my laptop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is where- He's like poltergeist, like it just, there are limitations, but I do see how I'm even succumbing to it because I'm just like, Jen, if you don't do this, then you're not exercising that muscle, that muscle memory, talking, just like 
even now I've noticed that like you heard my speech at the beginning of this podcast. Like I fumbled my words because I haven't been speaking publicly. Mm. So there is something to that. But the- That's a big thing. Like sometimes even if I, if I have a phone call, you know, later in the day and I haven't talked to anyone, I'm yeah. like, can I, Forget. I can't speak? What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Sort of going over to, to, to Michaela, since, since you, you know, your, your business outside of stand-up comedy is an online business. Were you able to use any of those, any of that experience or skill set to help with this transition um, onto online comedy? Yeah. So I am lucky in that way that I have an online business, um, helping introverts. It has not been as, uh, lucrative, (laughs) Because I, I help with like confidence and social skills. Like that's my main thing. Mm. People aren't that interested in that right now. Well, right now they're like, this is great. I don't have to do any of that stuff. <laughs> they don't need you. <laughs> and they solve their problems. <laughs> um, so yes, having the skills of like already knowing how to do videos and webinars and that sort of thing has really helped me. And also I really, really wanted to transition more into comedy and like let go of that identity as like uh, an introvert coach and author like it's two very separate things like me telling jokes about my vagina versus <laughs> me like being the coach helping with confidence and self-love so it's this actually on has... the inside regardless right? <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah, so this actually i've just used it as an opportunity to really go for it and shed some of that like just let go of that old identity and go for it online and start see it as a fresh start so that's been really positive and financially you know it's been tight but um it's been okay hmm. well so um just just wrapping up the our, our podcast where we're, we've got a few minutes left but if if everybody could kind of um you know, uh, talk about uh, what what their future project is and how we can reach you online after this uh, after this podcast. Let's start over with Jennifer. What, what do you have coming up? Um, I'm thinking about doing more kind of videos because I like acting, I like writing, and it just seems like a natural, I guess, um, progression for where where I am now. And so I'm going to be making more videos. I usually post them on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. So please, yeah, if you want to check out my uh, Instagram page, it's just at Jennifer Comedian, or on YouTube, it's Angry Housewife Productions. Nice. But you won't find the hate comments because I've deleted them like a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I left them on for a long time just to prove that I was like strong. Like, (laughs) yeah, dude, you know, the the funny thing is my videos that get the most hate comments are also the ones that get the most um, that I get the most subscribers from. So it's it's sort of like this weird this weird thing you have to go through through (laughs) through that pain. Yeah, uh, let's head over to to uh, to Michaela. What what have you got on the go? How can people contact you? Yeah, so I update my Instagram the most. That's at Michaela Chung One, um, which I don't know if I need to spell that out. It's like Michael with an A on the end, Chung C H U N G, and that links to my YouTube. My YouTube is also under my name, Michaela Chung. So you'll you can find me under my name. <laughs> Okay, and over to Leonard. What what have you got coming up? Um, yeah, I mean, like Jennifer, I'm just going to be doing more videos, I suppose. I'm just trying to 
just throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. And uh, like, yeah, like I don't, I hate acting, but I like writing. That's why I got into comedy. So I'm just gonna keep doing that. Uh, and then just, yeah, now's the time for developments. I'm developing like some TV shows, see where those go. And um, people wanna follow me on socials, which, which I suck at, FYI, uh, but <laughs> at the Leonard Chan. Um, yeah, I'm old, I'm old, I don't know any of this shit. But so yeah, at the Leonard Chan. And then, oh, I also have a website, the thelenerchan.com. Okay, great. And uh, my next projects, uh, listeners, this this podcast is actually now transitioning into a weekly podcast. We had done daily for the first half of Asian Heritage Month, just so we can uh, interview all the Asian comedians in Toronto. But we have now uh, gone through most of them. So this will become a weekly. (laughs) 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 We're done. We're through all the Asians now. (laughs) Well, you know, four, four... Four people times uh, two weeks. That's that's that's, that's quite a I few. I don't know, Vong. Yeah, if, you know right? <laughs> if your if your audience isn't Asian, you could just have us again, and we'll change our names. And we'll <laughs> <different>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so, not um, helping, Jennifer. You're not helping. <laughs> yeah, and uh, fucking problem. <laughs> and so, so this will be moving into a, a weekly format, probably recorded on Sundays and then uploaded on Sunday nights. And hopefully, if I can figure out the the, the streaming stuff with what was a Wirecaster or, uh, yeah, if, if I can figure that out, hopefully this will become a live show on Sunday night that then gets pushed out to podcasts and YouTube. Otherwise, it'll keep being the way it is now until I figure out how to, how to uh, add in that audience interaction. And you can find me at Vong Show on all the social medias. And thank you for listening, and we will see you next episode. <laughs>